Good morning. Dude, what a way to start the day. Are you pumped? Thanks. <laughs> it's like this crowd over here. So this is the last week on uh, wishing there was more. Are you satisfied? Have you found what you're looking for? Have you found the everything shoe? That's the topic. Here, here's, here's the irony, though. Just hang with me for a second. The irony to this whole entire topic that we're going to be talking about, what, you know, why do I feel so empty is this, is that there is more, <laughs> there's more available to us today than there ever has been in history, right? I, I mean, more than any, any other generation has gone before us. Um, I mean, this is the time right now when we're experiencing like n- no other time. Okay, so check this out. I don't know if you know this. We've actually gone to the moon. Dude, that's huge. I mean, do you understand how big that is? There are people in history who have been looking up at this thing going, no way. We've been to the bottom of the ocean. We, we know where that is. We know it's there. How does that happen? That's amazing. The Black Plague, we cured it. 75 million people died from the Black Plague. It's been cured. It's amazing. We live in amazing times. We, we don't have to rely on animals any longer to, to cart us around, do we? No, no. See, because we have this new fancy thing. It's, it's full of computers and stuff, and it has these rubber wheel things that turn, and we get in, and it takes us around at like 10 times the speed. Isn't that cool? I have three of them. <laughs> but not only that, but I have a special thing built onto my house where I keep them. I don't even have to leave my house to, to get into this thing. Do you have one of those? Dude, you are lucky. We live in amazing times. Is this not amazing? Dude, okay, listen to this. Because, most likely, because you're American, you live here, and most likely uh, we fall into this category that, that we actually are, are among the top 4% earners in the world. That's, that's staggering. Staggering that that, that that would be true. I, I, I'm, I'm so rich. I'm rich. That, 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 that I, I, can go, I can take off from my job for like, you know, three or four weeks, and I get paid for it. Do you do that? <laughs> That's amazing. I, I have running water. At my house. No, I don't have to go get, I have it in my house. We live in amazing times. I, I, some people have this whole room inside their house that they don't even live in. They have this bed set up, so when people come like once or twice a year, they live in that. It's amazing. I, I eat three times a day, sometimes five. <laughs> oh, you do too. Yeah. I just, I just do. You know, sometimes I eat because I'm bored. Nothing else to do, right? You been there? Yeah, it's amazing. I, I have more playtime as an adult than I think anybody else has ever had in history, just because I live here. Don't judge me. You do too. <laughs> We, we play well. This is an amazing time that we live in. Are you tracking with this? How are we doing? Okay, but, but here's, here's the deal. The, the irony of this whole entire situation is that we're starving. Mother Teresa said this um, when she was alive. She said, in India, people are starving physically. In America, people are starving spiritually. Ouch. The, the reality is, is that we're lonely. We're, we're completely empty. 
And with all the advances in science and social networking and technology and communications and blah, 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 all of that, we're empty and we're unsatisfied. And, and I know because maybe you're like this and because I've said these things, I say these phrases like, my life is really empty or I'm bored or I'm restless or there seems to be something missing in my life or there's got to be more than what I'm experiencing right now. Have you ever said any of those things? Yeah. All right. So you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so there's some kind of unsettling, unsatisfying thing that's going on in my life. And, and, and when, even when things are going good, all right, seriously, when things are going good and success is, is great and, and everything is going well, still at times we have this gnawing feeling on the inside that, that something seems to be missing, that, that, that there's some kind of dissatisfaction with what's happened, this restlessness in my heart. And, and so the question, what, what is that about? <laughs> Seriously, why, why is it that we live in this day, in this age, in this time, and I still find myself wishing there was more? Am I just a jerk or what? What is that about? And in spite of everything that I have, why do I feel incomplete? Um, so it's not a new issue, right? <laughs> it's, it's not new because this has been going on. This, this, this topic has been going on all the way throughout history, and it started when? When did it start? Yeah, Genesis 3 is when this started, right? And so the whole Bible has been this story of people feeling unsettled and, and completely in this lackluster life of wondering, why, is there more because I feel empty? And the Bible says, we're going to go there today. The Bible says that there are three things that you and I do to try to fix this, this emptiness that we have and, and what we try to do. Now listen, before... Uh, if you've been in the program for a while, like you've been going to church for a while, you've been walking with Jesus Christ, um, don't, don't beat me to the punch and go, I know what the answer is, I know it is, I know it is, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, Bible, Jesus. Don't, see, don't do that. Don't, don't do that to this message. Because here's the deal. Those of you that have been walking with Jesus Christ for a while, you're, I don't know why this is, but there are periods of your life where you're just as empty as anyone. I'm running into so many people they're like, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, how does that change your life? Well, yeah, I read my Bible. When did you do that? You know, a couple years ago. This, this topic, I hope, will we'll shed some light on where, where we're at, no matter where you're at in your spiritual, spiritual walk. So here's the deal. I'd, I'd really like you to, to take uh, your program out. I say this all the time. But grab your program, grab a pen, seal it from somebody, and take some notes on this deal. Because come Friday or, or Thursday or Wednesday or whenever it is that you're reflecting back on this and just going, man, there's this emptiness, this unsettling, this restlessness that I'm feeling in my heart. I'd really like to challenge you to pull this out and try to pinpoint. What, so what is it that God is doing in this deal? The Bible talks about three, kind of three different things that we do. There's kind of general categories of things that you and I do to, to try to, try to uh, you know, satisfy this heart longing that we have. And the first one is this. Write down pleasure. Write down the word pleasure. Any, anybody want to go on a cruise right now? Yeah, yeah, good, good for you. In the first service, there was like two people. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? I want to go on a cruise? That would be awesome. There'd be nothing better than, you know, doing it like right now while it's snowing. Go sit on a beach anywhere. Anybody want to retire in luxury? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I want to retire in luxury. I'm not talking like double wide. I'm talking <laughs> something a little bigger than that. All right? That's the American dream. We want to retire. We want, to, we want to have good vacations. We want, want, to, want to really, you know, live well. I, I want to travel the world. You want to travel the world? Yeah. I really do. I've always had this thing where, like, how do I know the maps are true? Come on. 
I need to go see if it's real, right? Somebody says it is. It was on the internet, right? How do, how do we know this stuff exists? I want to go travel. But see, things like this, this pleasure, this, the things that we do in life, this, this, this pleasuring, this entertainment, this adventure, sometimes I believe, and, and I do, listen to me, Andy Marshall, I believe that it'll make me happy. Do you, do you ever find yourself feeling that way? No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I do. I totally feel this pleasure somehow satisfies me. Why? How do I know that? Because I count the days on the calendar to when we can go on vacation. If I can just make it through. <laughs> God forbid something happens. Just get to the vacation. Oh, then life's going to be good. That'll be good. And then uh, I'll just take that hit and spread them out, you know, so that I can make it through a little more life and then take a little more vacation hit. This pleasure we use to, to kind of soothe this un, unrestlessness. Here's what the Bible says. Check this out. We're going to go through uh, several, several verses in Ecclesiastes today. So here's the first one. Ecclesiastes 1.8. The Bible talks about this, this, this pleasure deal. It says this. Everything is so weary and tiresome. Just some things? No, it says everything. Everything. Pick a category. Everything is so weary and tiresome, no matter how much we see, we are never what? We're never what? Yeah, so it doesn't matter how much I see with my eyes. I'm not satisfied by it, right? It's just pouring into me and nothing's happening. I'm not satisfied by it. No matter how much we hear, we are not what? Content. So it doesn't matter what I take into my life, whether I hear or whether I see. It doesn't matter all these uh, uh, impulses in my life. I'm, I'm not satisfied. I'm, I'm not content. And there's nothing worse than being, you know, dissatisfied. Nothing worse with, with, with not having any satisfaction. So how many of you guys do this? Like, you know, late at night, you, you go and it's just you in the fridge. Anybody? Just you in the romantic glow of the fridge light, right? And you're standing there. You do this all the time. It's just a relationship where you, you just go root around. You know, you're grazing. And, and you're, you're pushing through. And you don't find anything, do you? You don't even know what you want. But you live in a free country. And I can go to my fridge whenever I want. There's always going to be food in it. I eat some condiments, whatever I want to do. There's always something in there, right? I'm pretty sure that's how uh, fry sauce got invented. But you, you can look in the fridge. Anybody just think that's a weird topic? That is weird, fry sauce. Thank you. And so you open up the fridge, and, and you never find what you want, but you always end up eating something. Why? Well, you're there. You just feel bad, you know? It's a part of the deal. You ever eaten something and you're just like, well, that wasn't even good. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? And then you got to eat something else to get the, like, the taste out of your mouth? So, I stole that joke, by the way. Um, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, you're not satisfied. There's no, there's, no, there's no feeling of being full on that deal. So you close the door and you go back to bed hungry. The problem is I think, I think a lot of people are living our life like that. Now listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying people who, who are on the journey with Christ and people who, who are checking it out, I'm saying everyone, I feel like, are, at times, are living our life like that. Like we're going from one pleasure to the next, one thrill to the next. The Bible says, it's not on the screen, just listen, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, it says, pleasure lasts a short time. Dude, how long does a new car smell last? Eight months. Buy a new one. Right? I mean, seriously. We try everything we can to get it to last. Everything that we can. Average family buys a brand new car every three years. 
I mean, we, we just, and it feels good. Does it not feel good? You've heard me confess this before. Shopping, spending money, it's good. People will say it won't buy happiness. Bull. It totally buys happiness for a little bit of time. It does. Next time someone tells you that, say, oh, you just haven't tried hard enough, you know? It does buy happiness for a while. Food? I, dude, I love food. I love, why are you laughing? <laughs> I love food. I just, I do. And it buys happiness for a while. There's a lot, pick a topic, there really is. But that's what Hebrews is saying. It buys happiness for a short period of time. But we try to fix our emptiness, uh, this restlessness in our, uh, in our hearts with, with pleasure. Here's the next thing, the category that the Bible talks about. Not only pleasure, but it talks about performance. And, and uh, workaholics will eventually learn this. And here's, here's what they'll learn. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 23, it's on the screen here. Here's what it says. Our bodies ache during the day. And work is torture. And then at night, our thoughts are troubled. It just, it just doesn't make sense. How many of you feel like I'm reading your job description? Wow, how do you know what I do for a living, right? You know, during the day, it's torture. It's, it's, a lot of us feel like, you know, praise God if you don't feel that way. You're, you're among the fortunate people that don't. But a lot of people, when they go to the it feels like torture, right? And then at night, is it any better? No, because I'm pretty much awake in the hellish thoughts of the torture that I had during the day. That happens around 2 o'clock in the morning, right when you're getting into your REM sleep, right? And you just start thinking about all the stuff happening during the day. It doesn't make any sense. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 21 goes on to talk about this, this performance that we try to use in our life to make us feel better, to try to fill this, this emptiness, this restlessness inside of our hearts. Here's what it says, Ecclesiastes 2, 21. People can work hard using all their wisdom, knowledge and skill that's good it's good we work hard using those things but then they will die and other people will get the things for which they worked <laughs> they didn't do the work but they'll get everything i like this little editorial here this is also unfair and useless <laughs> isn't that awesome the author's saying like dude we're getting hosed that's modern translation I work for this thing, but some guy over here doesn't do anything. He's going to get stuff. Huh. But yet we still think that our performance, and that all, you know, applying all our energy into this performance, and, and the jobs, and the, the accolades, and all the stuff that goes along with it, and all this stuff is good. I'm not knocking that stuff. But for some reason, that'll fill our hearts up. It says it doesn't. It says it doesn't. There's some kind of myth that, that says that success produces satisfaction <laughs> and it's one of those uh one of those unwritten values that that, that that is said in culture that man if you were successful then you probably have a satisfying life but those of you that are successful you probably know this it's not true is it it's just this is elusive target that continues to move all the time the more success i get the more i man i just wish i was successful but it's eluding me all the time it's not on the screen, just listen, listen here. Ecclesiastes 4 says it this way, man is always working, never satisfied. So, the Bible talks about pleasure. Well, it didn't fill the void. It talks about, talks about these uh, uh, performance, our job performance, and just contributing. It doesn't fill, doesn't fill this restlessness that we're, that we're having. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to do anything for satisfaction. The Bible has this third kind of category the Scripture talks about, again, in Ecclesiastes, of possessions. 
and, and, and today there, there are more products available than there ever have been before, right? And, and all, the, all the TV commercials uh, uh, give a guarantee and they say, you will be totally what? Satisfied. Are you? Oh, come on now. They say it's going to be true, you know? We have so many products and, and we're not satisfied. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 talks about it, about how we, we try to use possessions. Here's what it says. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. See, if, if you don't have a lot of money and you, and you, feel, you feel like you're, you're, you're lacking in that area, um, you, you, might, you might be saying or you might hear people say, man, when, when, I, when I get enough money, then all my problems are going to be solved, right? Oh, man, I'll be able to start checkmarking off some problems and be able to get some kind of handle on my life. And if, if then, then if we can do that, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. Then, then there'll be some kind of order to my financial life and that'll spill over into happiness, right? Well, see, people that have a lot of money, they know that that's just not true. Right? But see, people that are poor, they don't know that. So they have some kind of hope, which is good. But, but, but they don't know that's true. People that have a lot know that happiness doesn't live there. So how are we doing? I mean, which category do you fit into? How many want to say all three? Yeah. Boy, this isn't really encouraging. Are you encouraged? You're just like, wow, I just feel really full. Thanks, Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> but see, this is, this is what we do. We use these three topics, and we just try to fill ourselves up. Walking with Christ or not walking with Christ. We do this. We know what to say and we know how to act, but in our heart of hearts, this restlessness is happening. We, we're wishing that there was more, this aching inside of me. And I'll tell you what, the Bible, the Bible comes up with some great ideas to counteract this, this, this solution, this antidote for this, this emptiness that we feel. And it starts off by saying is, is that we, you and I, we, we need to start identifying what our real hungers are. I mean, what are, what are we really hungry for what, what is it that, that seems to be missing in my life? What is it that, that's not there in my life that, that a lot of people don't, don't know what they want, but, but they know that when it's not in their life because you, you just feel, you feel awful. And the Bible says this all throughout Scripture. talks about the fact that you and, you and I were made as spiritual beings, that, that I was created, you were created for, for God to, to love me and, and to love you. And we were created to show Him that love back, that we were created for Him to know us. And, and he wants to know us. And then in return, that, that I'm created to know him. That is what the entire Bible is about. And that my hunger that I'm feeling is, is a result of me being a spiritual being. Th this hunger that I feel inside is just this spiritual DNA that, that God has made in me that says, you need to know me. I, you need to be in relationship with me. It's my hunger. So here's a great question is, how does God cause you to hunger for him? You ever thought about that? How does he use this whole concept of spiritual hunger, this restlessness that you feel, this, you know, this dissatisfaction that you have with your life, how does he use that to draw you to him? Well, you can take kind of cues from uh, the book of De Deuteronomy with the Israelites. So check this out on the screen. How does God, God give us hunger for himself? Why, why does he do that? Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 says this. He humbled you. He's talking to the Israelites. He humbled you. Uh, humbled you by letting you go, what? Ah, by letting you go hungry. Who's doing the hungering? God is creating hunger in the people. He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you 
with, with manna. That's the spiritual bread that, that, that God provided every day. He did it, and goes on to say, He did it to teach you that people need, that people need more than bread for their life. Real life comes by feeding on every word of the Lord. So here's the deal to unpack this. Children of Israelite, right? They, they, they escaped, crossed over the Red Sea, wandering around the desert. Who's leading them? Charlton Heston, right, right? He's, he's leading them around the desert. There's no food. They're cranky. Um, there's, you know, no, there's no Taco Bell, no curry in a hurry, whatever. And they can't, they can't get food. And they're cranky. They're hungry. And notice, again, what it said there. God let them get hungry. Why? So they would realize that they need to depend on Him. Recognize their need for him. So here's the deal. I think God does that today too. I think God totally, with your life and my life, I think he allows us to get hungry. He, he allows problems to come into our life and, and crisis and circumstances to get our attention. Why? Because it's at those times when, when I, I really start to understand the need that I have for Jesus, the need that I have for God. And he uses a variety of circumstances. You and I could come up with a list a mile long of all kinds of ways that hunger is created spiritually in our life. And he uses these problems to get our attention, to say, look, 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 you know, you think you want possessions and, and pleasure and power and, 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 and all this stuff. You think that's what you want, but do you know what you really want? Because I created you this way, it's kind of in the manual, in your spiritual DNA, you want me. <laughs> that's what you were designed to do, you want me, and, 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 and it is only me that's the key to your satisfaction. And if you continue to, to hunt down all these other topics, you will be unsatisfied for the rest of your life. That is what God's letter is all about, all the way out throughout Scripture. And see, when I'm hungry, <laughs> when I'm, I'm like famished, when I'm famished, do I set the table and get out new tea lamps and, you know, and, 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 and napkins and, and, and place settings? Do I do that? No, I'm like, show me the food, will you? Just get out of the way. I'm going to eat my arm. You know, <laughs> give me some food. That, see, hunger is this impetus, it's this, it's this painful deal that motivates me to action. And I believe that's what God does today. So we need to identify what our real hunger is. What am I really hungry for? I'm not hungry for pleasure. It feels great. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not hungry for possessions. Dude, they're fun. I'm not hungry for power and position. Those are great things. But really at the core of who I am, I am hungry because I've been created as a spiritual being. Here's the second thing, theme that we see all throughout God's word when it comes to this, this emptiness, this restlessness that we feel concerning our hearts. Here's, here's, here's what God's love letter says to us. He says that you and I, we need to stop eating spiritual junk food. <laughs> Seriously, we eat a lot of spiritual junk food. We need to keep... Quit looking for the things in life that, that don't satisfy, that don't meet the needs in our life. Isaiah 55, 2 talks about the spiritual junk food. It says it this way. Why spend money on what's not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? In other words, quit, quit wasting your time. Quit wait, wasting your resources and your money and, and all this energy and stuff on, on things that actually don't really satisfy because these things are not going to actually fill your heart anyways. 
And it's the very reason that we often feel unsatisfied is because we're chasing these things, this, this pleasure, performance, possessions, all of these things. But what my heart is really, truly longing for and looking for that I find in the Scripture is that I'm looking for God. But, but I'm eating spiritual junk food. I, when's the last time you went to McDonald's and you ordered something and you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, that was awesome. Well, you're, you're just, I mean, you're just childish, and you're sitting back, right, in the booth, and you're just like, yo, that was beautiful. Oh, that just completely satisfied me. Anybody? Wow. Come up immediately. Let's pray for you. No, I'm kidding. No, because what's the reality? What's the reality? I go to McDonald's, and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Somebody, just please, shoot me now. Why am I doing this? I, I don't even like it, right? There was, this, there was this great new blog article I saw, of, and they compared the pictures of, like, the advertisement, right? And they had all the pictures down, advertisement, uh, uh, you know, TV shots, and then they went and bought it, and they, they unfolded it and took a picture. I'm like, oh, what is this? I just feel so gross and empty and lackluster, and you're hungry. I don't even like it. The same is true with, with fake spiritual food. We do that all the time to ourselves. We, we fill our, our hearts up and our life with, with, with pleasure to pleasure and thrill to thrill. And, and like maybe this is going to be the answer of my life. Maybe, maybe this is going to finally be the one thing that satisfies me. And guess what? It's just, we're just left being hungry because it's not God. It's also interesting that our, our appetites are often influenced by our associations, right? Yeah, so you, you, you go out to lunch with somebody and and they're like, oh, I'm so hungry. Are you hungry? You're like, oh, yeah, I'll eat. I just came from lunch, maybe. I'll totally eat with you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do that deal. Right? Like, dude, you want cheesecake? You know what, do you know what they're really asking? I'm going to get cheesecake. And I don't care what you do, but I'm going to be eating it. So do you want some? You know? And, and it's this association that w- when we're hungry, we do this together. Same is true with other topics in life. If you find... Well, let me, let me say it this way. If you want to be more hungry for God, if you really want to develop a hunger for Him, you need to get around people that are hungering for the things of God. Seriously, quit, quit messing around. If you're, if you're sitting here today and you're kind of tanking, you're like, yeah, I, I mean, I do. I feel empty. I don't feel satisfied. You need to find somebody here. Start praying that direction. Start noticing people that are hungry, that are thirsting, that are tracking down the things of God and get with them. Finally, here's what the Bible says when it comes to this this hunger, this this restlessness, this dissatisfaction I have in my life. We need to start looking to Christ. We need to start looking to Christ for our satisfaction. I want to bounce back and forth between two different verses here. We're going to hit them both three or four times, uh, probably about three times. So check it out here. First one is this, John chapter 8. Jesus is speaking in, in both of these verses here. John 8, 35, 51, Jesus said this. He said, I am, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If anyone eats of this bread... He will live forever. See, see bread, why, why does he make this, this, this uh, connection here? Bread is this, 
essential thing for life, right? It's, 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 you can live on bread and water, you know? And it's this essential thing. When, when, there's, when there's countries that have famine, what's one of the first things they drop? Flour. You know how to make it, and you can just do all kinds of wonderful things with it. It's essential. And Jesus is saying here, he's saying, listen, I am the bread of life. That's what I'm doing. That's, that, that's my role. I'm it. And what you really need to live is me. I can meet your needs. So you're looking for everything else. You're, you're trying other things, but I'm the bread of life. I'm the essential. I sustain you. You can't do it without me. I think one of the things that um, is really becoming popular today is this whole thought that, that you can find satisfaction in yourself. <laughs> it keeps popping up over and over again. You can hear this, people talking about this. It's just, oh, just, you know, just find happiness from within yourself. Just find satisfaction from within yourself. You can do it. And I've got to tell you, I've been thinking about it, and I've kind of come to a decision. I think it's stupid. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I get up in the morning... I'm really, really hungry, right? I mean, I'm so hungry, I, I, my, my stomach's not even waiting for me. It's like eating itself. You ever have that? It's like feasting on the opposite wall. I'm like, golly, you know, you got to get something in there. I, I've never said to my stomach, hey, just, just find it from within yourself to feed yourself. Just get it done. Your stomach, do the deal. I can't do that. And I know it sounds funny, but here's the deal is I have to go to an outside source. I have to go to an outside source, something that, that's going to fill up, something that's, that's going to feed me. And the same is true for our spiritual DNA. The way we've been wired, the way God designed us, is that when I have a spiritual emptiness, a spiritual hunger, or a spiritual restlessness inside of me, I'm not going to find that deal inside my, myself. Oh, I might for a little bit of time, I might be able to think some great thoughts and, and do some good discipline and, and you know, and all the mantras and all these kind of things. Those things are great. But when you get to the end of the deal... I'm still empty. God says, <laughs> you don't be your own God. I'm your God. You're not going to find happiness within yourself. I'm going to give you the happiness in you. That's what he's saying. If you want true satisfaction, Christ says, I'm the one that gives it to you. Otherwise, you're just going to be as empty as you were before. Well, John 4, 4 um, chapter 13, I'm sorry, verse 13 and 14, Jesus goes on to say it this way. So he talks about the bread of life. And then he says this, John chapter 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He's talking about actual water. He's, he's painting a picture here. Everyone who drinks this water will, will totally be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never, he'll never, thirst. He's not going to be thirsty. If you drink the water that I'm giving you, the spiritual water, you're not going to be thirsty. Indeed, the water I give him will become a spring of water welling up. Isn't that cool? Running over. You're, you're, you are going to be full. That, the, the picture is full, right? So full that what happens? Springing water. <laughs> water. It's a, people are looking at you, seeing that you're full. And the huge implication here is that welling up to eternal life. In other words, you're not going to thirst again. This is eternal water. This is satisfying, not just for periods of time. It's satisfying water for eternity. He's the outside source, in other words, what Jesus is saying here. He 
He's saying, I, I'm the one who made you. I'm, I'm the one who created you with this spiritual em- emptiness so, so that you would and so that I would, so that we would know him, that he would know us, that he is the sustainer, the bread of life. But here's the deal. Water is even more essential than food, isn't it? I mean, I, I can go without uh, food for a while. Have you ever gone to fast or done anything like that for medical purposes? You can go without food for a little bit of time. I think some people can go like three weeks without food. I don't know. Don't try it. Um, but you can go for a while, you know, at least like a meal. And so you can go without it. But you can't go like more than three days without water. Your body just starts coming apart. It just, just doesn't work. And we're made that way. We're made to be satisfied by it. And Jesus says here, I am the one that you... Okay, so like you can't survive without me. So let me just drive this a little bit harder. Jesus isn't saying... <laughs> It's, it's, it's more than just you wanting me. It's just not that you want me. The, what he's saying here is that you, you need me. This is like a do or die deal. You need me. I'm the living water. I'm your bread. I made you. You can't do it without me. That's really what it means to hunger. That's really what it means to, to completely thirst. Is I'm designed to drink him in. I'm designed to be satisfied by him. Let's go back to John chapter 8, verse 35. We're going to tag on 51 on that too. Check it out on the screen here. Play along with me. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever what? Whoever what? Comes. That's the first action word there. Whoever comes will never go hungry. And whoever what? Okay, so whoever comes... And then whoever believes will never be thirsty. If anyone eats this bread, he's going to live forever. Whoever comes to me, and then whoever believes. Now let's throw that John 4 back up on the screen. Verse 13 and 14. We're seeing some cool action words here that Jesus is, 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 is directing us towards. Whoever comes to me, whoever believes, and then he gives another kind of action deal here. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Talking about regular water. But whoever what? Drinks. Whoever drinks... The water I give, what's going to happen? He's never going to thirst again. And see, we see this action, these action words coming out here, to come, to believe, to, to drink. And the point is that this appetites are not filled until I actually do something. Until, until I take action and satisfy this longing of my heart. Physical hunger takes care of my body. But we were designed with this spiritual hunger that drives us to God. Here's the deal. Some of you today are just, you're just feeling empty. You're spent. You're feeling dissatisfied. You're just, just this restlessness of your heart. And you're wishing there was more. Where do you start with that? I'd like to encourage you that as we end out our day here to really, really ponder those action words. First, you start by coming. Coming to Him. See, see, we make a kind of a big deal out of that, like you've got to do, do these certain things. You know really what I think that means? is just coming to Him and telling Him what's on your heart. And that might be such a, a foreign thing to you. You may not have ever prayed to Him. You may have not ever had a conversation with God. You may not totally even get Him. And I, I tell you, I'm on the same page with you. I do not get all of who God is. I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to get answers to his character. He's so unbelievable, mind-blowing. 
But I'd like to encourage you today to start by coming him and just telling him the condition of your heart. God, I'm restless. I am unsatisfied. I wish there was more. There's this gnawing emptiness, this gnawing feeling in my heart that I just am feeling compelled to find more. And maybe you've been there. <laughs> maybe you're just in that stage and you're ready to take the next step and Jesus is laying this out here. He says, not only coming to me, but believing. Believing, and that's huge. See, see, I, to I totally believe that, that Hitler exists, right? But I, I'm not a follower of his. See, some of us are believing that God exists, but we're not following him. The type of belief that, that Jesus is talking about here is a relationship, is coming and believing. And I'm telling you, there's one thing that we really would wish for you this year at K2, and that is that you would say yes to Jesus. That you would just come to a place where you're believing in him. And I, I gotta tell you, you're not gonna get all your questions answered. You'll spend the rest of your life doing that. But coming to him and saying, I believe in you. And I'm telling you, there's no better day than today to do that. And if God is asking you today and putting that and tugging on your heart in that direction, oh, say yes to him. And finally, I want, I want to talk to you, you Christ followers in here, you that have been on the journey for a while. So he says, come to me. He says, believe in me. And what's, what's the, the, the third one? What did I say it was? The action word? Oh, to drink. Oh, can you just, can you taste it? Can, can you taste the satisfaction in that? So you, you, you may be walking with Christ. <laughs> you, you, you may have been on this for a while, but see, maybe your life has just kind of been just sipping on Sunday morning once a week. And you're not satisfied. You're wondering like, wow, man, I remember when I first gave my life to Christ. I remember when I first did this deal. I was reading my Bible every day, and I was, you know, I was going to church, and I was really excited about this thing, and I was totally satisfied, but, you know, as life went on, it kind of wore off. Is that you? Today may be a day where you need to come to Jesus and say, that's it. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a follower of yours, and I've got to tell you what. I've been eating spiritual junk food. You've been letting other people feed you rather than you feeding you rather than you going straight to the source, to Jesus himself, and drinking full of him. Here's what we're going to do. There's going to be a bunch of people in the back of the room today. I'm telling you, if you feel compelled, if God is telling you to get out of your seat, I want to invite you during our worship time to head back there and to pray. Pray with these folks. You don't even have to tell them all the details of your life. You don't even have to say anything. You just say, would you just pray for me right now? Pray with me. And it might be that you're, you, you're just saying, I, I, don't, I don't know about God. I really don't. I haven't, I haven't made a decision. I just need to come to him today and say, God, I've got to straighten out some of my life. Band, why don't you guys come on up? There might be some other people in here today that you're just saying, okay, I've been kind of faking it with, with spiritual junk food. I totally have. And I'm finding myself here a Christ follower, but totally wishing there was more. And I'm just feeding off of table scraps right now. And maybe today is the day that you need to confess that you're going to go and drink full and be refreshed and satisfied by Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 6 says this. He who hungers and thirsts for Jesus 
I'm sorry, he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, they will be filled. <sighs> you want to be full? You want to be satisfied? It's found in Jesus Christ. Here's the cool thing. That little word hunger used in that verse, there's two meanings in the Greek. One meaning for hunger means, I'll have a slice of bread. I'd like to nibble on that. The other meaning says, dude, I need to chow. Which version do you think Jesus is using? Let's chow together. Seriously, let's drink full of Jesus Christ. Would you worship with us? And if you need to, head back and spend some time in prayer with those back in the back.